Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Proverbs 4.23. Hello and welcome to the Faithful Fatherhood Podcast. I am Brett Etheridge, host of the podcast and usually co-host with Perry, Perry Hughes, who is not with us today. I apologize for those of you who tune in only to listen to Perry. (laughs) But uh, some of you have heard his ongoing saga of moving his entire business to a new facility. And I just got word yesterday that the fire marshals showed up and gave a bunch of red flags and basically said he has until 1.30 today, Wednesday, at the time we are recording, to deal with a whole bunch of issues. Otherwise, they might have to issue a cease and desist order. So he, uh, he apologized. He wanted to be here for this recording, but has very time-sensitive and pressing issues to deal with for his business. So Perry, if you're listening, uh, we're praying for you and and hope that you got everything done by 1.30. I'm sure you will share some of the details (laughs) the next time you are on next week. But it is not just me this week because I am excited to be joined by a very special guest, Pastor Justin of the Warehouse Church in Parkersburg, West Virginia. Pastor, welcome. Hey, how are you? Honored to be here. Yeah, I'm I'm excited you're here. I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. And and I'm excited about the topic we are going to be talking about. Specifically, I mean, you saw the title, 25 questions you must answer before dating my daughter. So, I think that's just a really intriguing idea, but I think we'll talk just more generally about our role as fathers in the lives of our kids, and specifically our daughters when it comes to their dating, their dating life, how to help guard their hearts as they're growing into the age of dating. And so so we'll get into all of that. Uh, just a little bit of background. I met Pastor Justin for the first time just a few weeks ago, really. He was he was speaking at an event I tended, attended here in Knoxville, and I just really loved his heart and what he had to share about men being men, stepping into their role role as a man, as a father. Uh, And then he mentioned something almost in passing. He talked about these 25 questions that he asks would-be suitors of his daughters. And then he just sort of went on and that just sort of stuck in my mind. I was like, okay, I got to revisit that. And so I reached out to Pastor Justin and he graciously agreed to hop on this podcast and, uh, and talk about this and share it. So again, thank you for being here. Yeah, absolutely. So I am particularly interested in this because I have a daughter on the way. I have three boys and a daughter on the way due late January 2023. So hopefully I'm like 30 years away from having to deal with this. (laughs) (laughs) No, but maybe in all seriousness, I'll I'll just kind of throw the first question to you and we'll just dive in. What is an appropriate age for a girl to start dating? And maybe tell us a little bit about your family. I know you have two daughters. How old are they? When do they start dating? What's the appropriate age? Well, all great questions. Um, for for our family, at least, um, it's not even entertained until they're about fifteen or sixteen years old. Um, I, I have I have three children. I have a sixteen year old daughter as my oldest. Her name's Natalie. I have a eleven year old daughter, a middle child who, whose name is Ellie, and then I have a eight year old son uh, whose name is Zion. And so, uh, for our family, again, just knowing coming through growing up, knowing the whole dating world and the struggles that I had, the temptations that I was faced and my wife and I, we understand that. And so for us, we just made the, we made 
our household decision that, you know, you're not, um, um, until you're 15 or 16 years old, dating is just off the table. Um, Cause it's not like shooting a foul shot. Like you, you don't, you don't need to practice finding the right guy. Like you don't just, you don't, that's not God's plan for your life. And so um, for us, we want to, we want to do our best to protect them and to make sure that, you know, number one, I don't want to, I don't want to see your heart, heart get broken. Um, that's not, that's not a healthy place for me to be as a father or for her to be as a daughter of, 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 of God. So, um, so to answer your question, I would say, um, for, for, again, for my family, and I would recommend, you know, praying God, see what he says. But for me, I, I think 16 is a good number. Did Natalie come to you before age 16 expressing an interest in oh, boys? Yeah. Okay. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, she, she started at the age of seven. I mean, you know, but, but they call them crushes. And so like, but what I, what I tried to do with her is just, you know, ha- have real conversations with her and just, you know, don't try to, to, to blow it off and just push it off. But, um, and to, to this day, she's not dated a single person. Okay. And so, uh, she's still single. She's beautiful. She loves God. She serves at her church. She is she is a a beautiful young lady, um, but just never found the right guy yet. And so she knows. I mean, I guess living under our, our, our in our house and being involved in the church, um, you know, she she knows the importance of getting it right. So she hasn't dated yet. There will be interest there at some point. So you have these questions, these 25 questions that eventually you will pose to a yes. young man. So I guess that answers one of my questions. You haven't actually had a conversation with a young man yet, but does your daughter know that you will have these questions well, for somebody? Ab- absolutely, she does. Yeah. And, and it's not, again, when, when I say the 25 questions, it's not like I'm coming at it from a controlling dictator. I'm coming at it as, as a protector. like. I believe that's my role as a father is to protect my daughter, to have the best interest of my daughter. Um, And so, yeah, she's very well. I mean, I've actually went through it with her and just so she knows what questions are coming. Yeah. Um, You know, some of them are very, very, very blunt and very honest. But again, I'm not coming at it from the fact like I'm doing this because I don't want you to ever date. I think it's my responsibility as a father um, to make sure that when I do Cause I don't want my daughter to have more than one boyfriend. Like I, I believe that if you do it, God's will, God's way that, that, that you'll find the right, like if you find the right person, how cool would it be to only hold one guy's hand? If you're my daughter for the rest of your life, you, you don't know what another guy's hands feel like. You don't know what another guy's lips feel like. Like you, you just know what your husband would, what, what, what that is like. And so for me, I just want to do my, my best again, not to, not to be controlling, but I feel like it's my job to protect her and to set her up um, until she's 18. She's 18. She can make any decision she wants. But I know how my daughter's wired. Like my daughter is a she 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 always looks for the down and out. And so I'm trying to teach her that's not going to work in the marriage realm. And that's not going to work in that. Like she likes to look for a project to fix it. And which is a great trait, right? Like that's what a Christian should be. Like Christians should look for people that are far from from God, don't know God, but not when it comes to dating. The Bible's very clear on that. Don't be unequally yoked. You got to be going in the same direction. So her nature, just her 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 nature would be, I want to find somebody that that's down or that needs love or that needs some compassion, and she flocks to that. So that's another reason why I've got to be in the middle of it to make sure because her heart's good, but she doesn't need to date a project. Like that's not what God wants for her life. And the heart of each of your daughters might be a little bit 
different. So what Natalie needs may be a little bit different than what Ellie needs. Yeah, Ellie is uh, 11 and she's already talking about dating next year. And so I've, I've had to be like, honey, you got four more years. We can even entertain this conversation. She is uh, she is on the other end of the spectrum. My, my oldest daughter is patient. Um, just really, you know, just at this point, she's just waiting on the right, right, the right guy. My my middle daughter, uh, she comes home with a new crush every day. And so I'm constantly preaching to her again, not controlling, but I'm, and I'm not even sitting her down and, and getting in her face. I just, I'm saying, I'm saying little things. I'm, you know, I might, I might give a little bit of vision for her future and what, what that looks like. Hey, what, what, how cool would it be if you marry a, a guy who's got called a pastor and you can take over a church when I retire. So I'm just little things like that. I'm putting in her heart and her mind. So she doesn't settle. She's a, she's 11. So she's looking for the, for the, for the cutest guy. Right or the the jock of the school well that that's awesome but he's not always gonna he may not always be in shape he may not always look that way and so she's just so young and it's starting to have those conversations around character and things that are actually important and things that last and matter and what i hear you saying and i think is is actually perfect timing given our our conversation and our topic on the last episode we actually talked about sex and how to have the sex talk with our kids specifically our sons um, but the idea that the more open and honest you can be, the earlier you can start to have these conversations so that they start thinking this way. So it's not like you're just sort of abdicating this until they're 16 and all of a sudden they bring somebody home and it's like, okay, what in the world just happened, right? It's a matter of being proactive as early as you can in their, in their lives with regard to such an important issue. Yeah. And on that sex talk thing, here's here, here, I'm sure you guys already covered it, but like I would say as a father, if you're not having that conversation, or as a mother, you're not having that conversation with your daughter. Her friends at school are having that conversation. That's right. So, especially in today's culture, I mean, they're saying people are sexually active in, in the fifth or sixth grade, which is mind mind blowing. It is. It is. Which is why we said, you know, I mean, yeah, the conversation's got to be had by then, Absolutely. for sure. At least the at least the initial conversations. Yes. Um, yeah. All right, and let's so let's let's dive into some of these questions. But it actually just sort of dawned on me. I mean, if you're listening this far, I want to make sure that if you're listening and you don't have daughters, but you have sons, you know, we're certainly talking about this through the lens of protecting our daughters. But but I have three boys, and yep. I want to know what these questions are because I want my sons to be the type of man who could, in theory, date your daughter, but but men of good character who. Yes would be desired by women of good character. And so what questions might be posed by uh, somebody like you to my son someday, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think those are all good. And I think you have to parent, like I'll parent my son differently than I'll parent my daughter. I'll have different levels of conversation with my son than I will with my daughter. That's right. Um, I'll, I'll expect more out of my son than I, than I, than I will with my daughter. Um but some of the questions I, I pulled, I pulled, I pulled probably a dozen questions just to give some, some the, you know, the, just an idea of what, what I would, what I would say. Number one, the first question I'll ask is, are you, are you, are you a Christian? Do you, do you, are you saved? Because uh, if they don't answer that question the right way, then the interview's over. So like that's the first, that's the first question. Like, hey, do you love God? Do you, are you saved? Um, if if they're saved, man, we're on to the next question. Because at the end of the day, again. My my goal is to set my daughter up to have a have a have a a a sp- our boyfriend turn into a fiance spouse whatever that loves God more than he does her. He can't love her more than God, but if he can get that right early on, it's going to set the relationship up for the future to be successful. 
And by the way, I'm going to be hearing these questions for the first time, just so the listener's kind of aware of that. So if I'm, as I'm processing, if I, if it feels like I'm pushing back, I'm, I just want to ask questions. It doesn't necessarily mean that I disagree at all. I just want to make sure that, that I push sure. back a little bit if I feel like, hey, we need to have a little dialogue here. And maybe based on some questions I've heard for, from some other people that I've spoken with or questions that I imagine the listeners might have, um, I'm, I'm good with that one. I assume that would probably be a question. I guess my only thought there is, as you suggested, a lot of times women, girls want a project, want to save somebody. Is there I, – I guess the point is it's okay for her to want to bring people to Christ, but it shouldn't have to be her own husband. Yeah, and here's the thing. Just now, let's say let's say they're they're he's a he's a good he's a good young man with a good family. They just they've never been to church. So if if I if I once I meet the guy, I want to know that okay that kid's got a good heart. He's not a bad person. He's not looking to take advantage of my daughter. How about we? Hey, why don't you start? We'll pick you up for church. Why don't you start coming to church with us and be friends to my daughter first? And let's let's get let's see what happens in in your, in, in your life over the next six months. Maybe he falls in love with Christ. Maybe his family starts attending our church, and then maybe it might, she's, he's no longer a project. I mean, but but now he he can become an integral part of of the future of of her life. Maybe our family, our church. So I'm not going to just simply write somebody off and say, "No, you're not worth it," because you'll know that. And so I, I want to make sure that people understand too. There's grace there, but I, at the same time, like I'm not there to let this person who is far from God corrupt my daughter and take her down a path that I've trained her not to go down. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sense. All right. Next one. Next one. I would say, uh, if they say they know Christ, I would ask them what church they attend. You know, uh, do, do uh, are you a faithful attender? Do you, do you go to the youth group? Do you volunteer at your church? Um, you know, what is, what is, what is your relationship with Jesus look like? Do you read the Bible daily? Do you have a prayer life? Just basic, simple things that most people should be able to answer. And I'm not I'm not going to judge the next step that we take if he only reads his Bible once a once a week. That's my role as, as would be his his father in law eventually if it works out. Like I want to I want to help pastor him and help shepherd him. And so if he doesn't know how to pray, it's not like okay you can't date my daughter. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna teach you how to pray. And so that would be a question. Just what does your relationship look like um, with God? Like how does that change? How has that changed you? When were you saved? What was that salvation moment like? Basically, it's kind of pushing in, prodding in to get him to open up about where he is in, in his relationship with God. Um, the next question I would I would I would ask is how many girlfriends have you had? Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, because if he if he if he's sixteen and he's had a dozen, then my daughter's not going to be number thirteen because I'm not she she's too good for that. And I don't mean that arrogantly. I'm just saying like she doesn't need to be just another statistic on your journey of finding somebody or somebody. You know, we're not going to play that game. So I would just say, and what does that what does that look like? Like how how has that looked? Have you broken off everyone? Like have you have you been what what's your level of intimacy? And, and have you been with with those girls? Have you slept with those girls? Have you did things that you you, you know with those girls that you shouldn't be have done? Like what is too far? Like my question would be, what is too far in your eyes? Like how far is too far? Do you think first base is okay? Like do you think you know very graphically? Do you do you think? putting your hands in places that don't belong. Like, do you think that's okay? Like what, what is your level of too far? So I think we just have to establish that, that, that baseline. Let's just settle there for, for a quick moment. So first of all, you painted sort of the ideal of how cool would it be to only hold one hand and feel one pair of lips? What if uh, a, a boy 
has had one or maybe two previous girlfriends and they were just they were, weren't serious they went to the movie once or twice he tells you they just held hands i mean the point is are you okay with your daughter being with somebody who has had another girlfriend even if he's her first yeah yeah and again you're talking to a guy who has i've, I've probably had 30 girlfriends you know what I mean? so like I, i'm the part of the reason i want to be this for my daughter is because i know how 16 year old boys think i know what 16 year old boys want to do and i know the temptation that a 16 year old brain and mind, especially in today's culture, brings to the table. So with with that prodding, like if they've had multiple girlfriends or whatever, okay, great. L- let me just say this. Then I would transition into the boundary talk. Like, I think boundaries are important. I think a lot of times as fathers and parents, we, we give our kids freedom with no boundaries. But boundaries are not set in our life to limit us or to hurt us. Boundaries are placed in our life to protect us. And so a lot of times, even as Christians, Jesus keeps us in the pasture, so to speak, not because the grass is better outside. He knows the grass is better inside. And so that's why he wants to keep us protected. And the same thing, boundaries in our in our relationships, like with my daughter and her boyfriend, like there's going to be boundaries. And so I would go right into the boundary talk. Like, here's some things that I, I would expect that that you would follow uh, if this all would work out. Like, there's no touching above her knee. Like you don't touch above her knee. I never want to see your hand on her leg, on her thigh. Like no, no touching uh, above the knee. I would say there, there's, there's no kissing. Like I would say no kissing for the first at least twelve months. I'd have a boundary. Like you don't need to put your lips on her yet because you don't even know if you love her, and she doesn't even know if you love her. This may not even work out. So I would just, and I would say no snuggling. Uh, there's got to be space for Jesus. So if you're on the couch watching a movie at my house, number one, you'll never be in a room. You'll never be alone. Uh, this is not because I'm, I'm, I'm controlling. It's because I'm, I'm, I'm wise and I've been there and I've seen it. And so, um, I would say no snuggling. Uh, I would encourage them to do devotions together daily, get a Bible app, get on there and do a devotion and right back and forth. Uh, I would say never be alone and then never set yourself into, into a place where something bad could happen. that could, could, could put you on, on, on a track, not in the right way. Um, no, no inappropriate texting. No, no, no inappropriate picture sharing. Do you have one of those apps where you can monitor what's going on on your daughter's phone? My, my, my wife does. I think it's my best interest if I don't know sometimes. So my, my wife does. And so I, again, I think a lot of these, and so my, when one thing my daughter, she doesn't have, she wants, uh, she always comes to me and wants, um, I forget what the, what the app is right now. Um, uh, it's a, it's a picture sharing app. I forget what it's, it, what it's called. My mind's gone blank, but anyway, She doesn't have the, she doesn't have that app on her phone. Um, And uh, there's just some things, again, I've, I've not because I want to take her away her her fun, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to give a boundary in her life. Um, And so I would say no, no inappropriate picture sharing. I would, I would encourage them. Part of of what my my requirement be was to, if you don't go to church, start attending our church, start attending our youth group, volunteer at the church. Um, Yeah. Because there's a big difference between somebody might answer that he is saved Yes. And answer that he even goes to church, but it's because mom and dad take him to church. Exactly. I think about my own journey. I would have been able to answer yes to a lot of those questions by age 16. And yet it didn't really become my own personal walk with Christ until really late high school, I would say for me. So yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and again, just because you're saved doesn't mean you're good. Saved just means you're saved. And so there's a difference between being saved and being fully of uh, being f- fully following Christ. And so 
again, it's my job just to make sure not only for him, but for my daughter that she stays on that right track too. I got no front hugging, no front hugging. So side hugs only. Um, again, this is all for protection. This is not, this is, this has nothing at all to do with, with, with control or trying, trying to, to like hard, like hard on my, like that. I know I'm trying to do this and these things for her protection. Uh, I've got wrote, I've got wrote down one of my requirements be treat her like a princess because she has one. And so never raise your voice at her, open every door for her, like, like treat her, treat her like a princess. Um, and then once I go over that, that little boundary talk, I would dive back in and just ask him some, per, some personal questions like, Hey, what, what's your hopes and dreams for your life? Like, what, what do you, what do you want to do when you, when you, when you get older? Like, what are you going to go to college? You want to be a doctor? You want to be a pastor? You, you know, what's your plans? Cause if you don't have a future, if you don't have a plan, if you just say, well, I'm just going to play video games or I'm going to work at a fast food joint. Well, that's not going to be really good for my daughter probably. Like I want to see what, what his idea, and he's not going to know, but he'll know, I'll know by the answer that he gives me what, it, where his mind's at, where, where his, where he's thinking. And that's where back to the age of dating comes into play. A 13, 14, even 15 year old might not by 16. Yeah. You might not know exactly what you're going to major in in college, right? Yeah. I want to be an astronaut and I'm on this track and yes. I absolutely am. Few, very few kids are that driven and committed at that age, but he should be starting to have a sense of what his interests are and passions are. And I'm ambitious and I, I plan to make something of my life versus like you said, you know, all he knows are video games and sitting on the couch. Yeah. I just think, I, I think it's, I, I think when we understand as dads to as, as fathers and parents, like our kids really, they're, they're not necessarily ours, but they're just entrusted to us by God to steward them until they eventually leave our home. So our kids are always going to be our kids, right? But we're, our kids are not always going to be under our, our authority or control. They'll always be our kids, they're always going to be welcome in our house. But really, it's a it's a gift that God's given us that he, he's entrusted. To, he's given us this, this another living creature and this another human and saying, here, I want you to raise this this baby. And when they when they're older, I want them to, to leave your house and start their own family and 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 still love me. And so I think when we understand that our kids are literally a gift of God that we're just entrusted with. I mean, I think it, to me, it gives a whole nother weight and burden to just how much responsibility that it, it is to be a father and, and a parent. And that answers the question. I didn't ask the question at the outset because I think you got into it. But but again, why is it your belief that it is our responsibility as fathers to even play this role in the lives of our daughters? And I think what you just explained certainly certainly gets at the heart of that. We have that responsibility entrusted to us by God. Yeah, I mean the Bible's full of it. I mean Proverbs twenty two says that you know train your children up in the way when they, in the way they should go. And when they're older, they won't depart from it. I mean De- Deuteronomy six talks about like impressing God's commands on your kids. So like it talks a lot in the Bible about parents and fathers, especially not not necessarily mothers, and in, in, especially in the Old Testament, more of a father role. Like it was the father's responsibility to be that rock, that anchor, that shepherd, that pastor, that that doorkeeper of the house. And so, yeah, I think it's our role. Like, I, I think it's, I think, I think we are men of men of the house. You are the pastor of your family. And when you understand you're the shepherd, like you're the gatekeeper, you're the doorkeeper, you're the one that has, you know, like Nehemiah, a sword in one hand and a, a shovel in the other. So like, I'm building my family, I'm building my faith. I'm, 
I'm, I'm, I'm building the future. I'm building my relationship with, with my family, but I'm also got a sword to fight off the enemy and to fight off the tactics. And sometimes the enemy will send kids into your life for your daughter that will get them off track. And my job is to make sure I got a sword standing at the front door, keeping my family safe. Number one, my wife safe. And then secondly, my, my children. So I just think it's my responsibility. And so with that, I believe as fathers, like, I think it's important that you pray daily for your, for your daughter. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm praying now for the future son-in-law of our family. Like I'm, I'm, wanna, I'm praying for a godly man. I'm praying for a young man who loves God. I'm praying for a young man who's passionately pursuing you, Jesus. And, and when, when they meet, they're going to know it. And so there's daily, I'm praying for my daughter. And I'm praying for that guy who's going who's gonna to catch her eye and not just catch her eye, but really become that, that anchor for her life for the future. And so I think it's important as fathers to pray, not just for your kids, but, but for the spouse of your kids. And so if you have a son, pray for that, pray for that woman, pray for that mighty woman of God who, that, that can be a wife to your, to your son and that can help raise godly kids. And I just think it's important. I mean, I think that God hears our prayers and I think he, he, he answers them. Yeah. I love that. All right. What are some of the other questions? Yeah. And so I, I would talk to her. I would just, I, I would be very blunt. I would talk about like, Hey, my, my daughter is, 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 is special. We, we've been praying for this moment and, you know, mentally we don't, we don't want you to have add any unnecessary stress to her life. So I don't need her coming home in a bad mood because you're arguing over something crazy at school. Like don't add any unnecessary stress to her life. Uh, emotionally make sure that you, you guard her feelings and you help her, uh, pursue her relationship with God. Like you need, you need to add to her emotional strength, not take away from it. Uh, I will talk about spiritually, like, Hey, what, how are you going to help champion my, my daughter's walk with God? How are you going to add to that? Not take, not take away. Uh, are you prepared to step into that role and not only to be her boyfriend, but to be that voice of reason and that voice of, of encouragement and that voice of spiritual authority? Like, are you willing, are you able, willing to do that? Um, physically, I would just, I would back into that physical boundary. I would talk about physical boundaries, ask some, some, some questions on that. Um, kind of push back a little bit, just again, to, to bring clarity, uh, on what, what is allowed physically. I would say hand holding only. And, and that would be for a while until, until, you know, until we see how, how far it develops, where it develops. Um, I would, I would, I would tell him one of the things I would say is, is, uh, have you ever said, told a girl that you loved her? I mean, you're only 16. You don't even know what love is. I mean, you're you're 15 years old. You definitely don't know what love is. Um, again, I think if you're going to use that L word, like you're going to come to me first and tell me that because I want to make sure that I agree that you love my daughter. Um, so don't just throw that L word out there. Like you know, it's there, there's there there's there's way more. Um, it's easy to say that word, especially in our culture. Man, I love this. I love that. Well, when you're talking about loving an, another person, like would you be willing to lay down your life for it? Cause that's, that's the true definition of love. And so I would just, I would admonish that if you're going to tell that you love her, please come to me and uh, let's have that conversation first. A lot of, I'm, I'm thinking of the Beatles song, you know, love is all you need, right? I think a lot of kids feel like that's all they need. And, you know, love is enough. Well, dad, daddy, we love, we, but we love each other. And, and you're recognizing all of these potential issues in the young man. But what if she comes to you or maybe not Natalie, but Ellie down the road and said, but, but, but I love him and he loves me and, and that's enough and we'll figure it out. And yes, he only plays video games all day long, but we'll figure it out because we have love. Like this is, these are some of those safeguards to help 
prevent against that, I, I, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, again, I think it's our responsibility as fathers to help raise up future fathers. And so, you know, most of the people, unfortunately, don't have this level of relationship or spiritual authority with their children, especially from from me being a father to my son. Like, I want to make sure that when my son gets a little bit older, like he's going to know this stuff, like this is going to be the most important. And I think it's important, too, as a Christian uh, husband and wife, that you're modeling the right type of marriage in the right way. Husbands should love their wives and wives should love, love their husbands to your family, because uh, that's give, that gives them a beautiful portrait of what either a I want my marriage to be like or man I don't want my marriage to be like that when I get older and so I would much rather have the type of marriage that they see and say man I want I want what I want what my mom and dad had and so I think again it's just important are these unattainable standards for a young man I, I would I would say no again I think I don't I, I don't I don't none of these necessarily are going to I don't think they're unattainable. I think they're hard. I don't, I think a lot of people are like, man, that's, that's really hard. I don't think it's really that hard. All your, my, my basis, number one, if they come to the interview, they've already got a point. Yes. So they've already got a win in my book. And so I'm a nice guy. I'm a loving guy. Like I'll, I, 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 I'm, I'm an easy guy to get along with, but I just feel like it's my, my responsibility as my daughter's father that, Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this to to protect you because quite frankly, if it works out, this dude's gonna become part of my family. That's right. He's gonna go on vacation with me. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna be the father of my grandkids. And so, like to me, I I would say, man, no, I think every question is worth it. I would say it's it's that important. And again, if they don't answer all the questions, they're nervous. Probably they're probably gonna get a couple questions that they they won't have the answer. That doesn't mean they're gonna fail. It just gives me a level of where they are. If they can look me in the eye and answer these questions and and Again, ultimately, I, I want a guy who's who's able to to answer those questions and and it's not a pass fail, but at least I'll know if I'm going to give you my daughter's hand to to court her. And I, I need to have some type of accountability with you because quite because he will be at her he will be at her house. Like we will go to dinner together. He he he, he can come to uh, on trips with us as a family. I mean, I don't want my daughter and her boyfriend to do their own thing. And then the uh, the the other four of our family do our own thing. We want to do things together. I mean, we're that's how we're that's that's what our our family's close knit, and what what we do to what we do we do together. And so, I think it's important too to set the standard up front. Like, I, I don't know what your view of dating is, but you're probably not going to date go on a, a movie and a dinner every Friday night with my daughter. And maybe that's once a month. And if you do that, I'm going to send my middle daughter or my youngest son with you just as a chaperone, not to get on your nerves, but to be in the back seat with you or to sit two rows behind you on the movie the movie theater. Again, people might say that's 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 too far. Well, man, I th- there's kids having sex underneath the stairwell at school. So a lot, a lot can happen in a back seat of a car. A lot can happen at the movie theater. And so I'm just not willing even though I trust my daughter, she loves Jesus, she's been baptized, she loves the church. But I also know the devil's very, very, very sleek. He's very sneaky, and he can take one moment of temptation and can tarnish her forever in her mind. And she can make one mistake that she'll regret, and she'll start growing and living with that. Man, I wish I wouldn't have did that with that guy. I wish I wouldn't have let let that happen. I wish I wouldn't let him touch me right there. Like, why did I do that? And I'm just going to do my best until she gets that age where she wants to make her own decisions. But with decisions comes consequences. Right. And so. 
again, if I can do my part as a father to help her not be hurt, to help her be pure, to help her not make those mistakes, then I think it's my role to do it. And let's let's flesh that out a little bit more because you have your role in protecting her and helping to guard her heart and setting up guardrails and playing this proactive role, which I think is wonderful. Love all of these questions. And yet I feel like it's also our responsibility as fathers to help teach them in such a way that they desire the same thing that they can make their own decisions that are in a, the same alignment that you would ideally want. I, the analogy I would use in my own family is my kids with their eating choices, right? So for us and our family, health is super important. My wife cooks super healthy meals all the time. We value nutrition and and so forth. But my kids are at an age where, man, if I just let them I mean, they would choose ice cream and candy and potato chips all day long, but I want to make sure when they're 18 and they go off to college, they will then want to choose healthy or at least know how to choose healthy. If they choose not to choose healthy, you know, that's on them once they turn 18. I guess the point is I'm trying to build up an understanding of why it should be important to them like it is to me, switching the analogy now back to dating how are you helping to grow and equip her to want the same thing? So it's not just dad has these questions. This is important to dad, but this is important to me. And this is what I want to look for in the guys that I'm filtering through my own lens. Yep. Yeah, I think it's something that we work on daily. Um, I think I, a lot of people say this. Well, if you show to your daughter and if you do all this stuff and you keep a tight rope on her, when when she gets old and she goes to college, she's going to go crazy. She's going to repent, or she's going to she's going to she's going to go buck wild and revolt. And but I'm like, well, what if she doesn't? What if I? What if we do such a great job raising her in a life giving church, raise her in a place that she loves to attend and has experience with God on the weekend, like? What if we do such a great job of raising her and God does such a phenomenal job of making himself real to her that she doesn't go away, that she goes to college and keeps the standard, that, that she's ate enough broccoli that she doesn't she does she doesn't desire the Milky Way, right? I mean the Milky Way looks good, it, it may taste better, but in a few weeks it's gonna put something on you that you, that the broccoli didn't put on you. You're gonna have a little bit of baggage, you're gonna have a little bit of some stuff on your on your on your midsection. It tasted good, but it's not good. It wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. Yeah, because now what happened? Now you got to go work extra hard to get the Milky Way off where if you just ate healthy food, you know what I'm saying? So your body is, is healthy. So I, I just think, I think as parents, again, I'm going to go back to it because I think it's so so crucial. There's a reason God set up family. Like there's a reason God's design was for family. And there's a reason God's design was for a male and female to be joined together to have a family. Like there's a, there's a reason for it. And as and just as important as my role as a father, as the as the as the guard, as the sword carrier and the shovel carrier protecting my front door, it's just as important to have your have your wife who can only relate to to girl things the way that a, a girl. You know, so my wife does a phenomenal job of having those tough conversations with my daughter, saying, "Hey, I know you desire this, but let me just tell you about my what happened. Like, there's things happen. This is this happening with your body, or hey, a guy's going to want to do this with you, and the guy's going to want to put his hands here with you. Like those conversations, like I'm just are so important that I won't have that conversation with my daughter. Right. I'll have that conversation with a dude that wants to date my daughter because I know how he thinks. Like I know what I'm, how a man's wired. But I just think it's important to have your have your wife step in that role too and become not not don't tiptoe around it. Very blunt, they're very, very straight to the point. 
and this is what God wants. This is why we wouldn't want to do this. And this is why it's great to wait. And I just, I just think it's, it's not just me with it on this train. Like my wife's there with me. Now she isn't the one that's, she, she's probably more easier to approach than I would be in this, in this area. But again, my job is to let him know that this is my daughter. Don't mess it up. I know people. I've got a shotgun with a shell with your name on it, and I'll come looking for you. Right. Like the country music song. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll come looking for you. But at the same time, I'm also the type of person that, hey, if this works out, I'm going to be the best father-in-law. I'm going to be your best friend. I'm going to make sure that we love each other, and I'm, I'm going to take care of you and the grand. Like This is going to be a, a great thing. And so as hard as these questions are, I believe it also sets up for such a strong, powerful relationship going forward. Maybe you could talk a little bit about the directness and the courage and just men stepping up as men Uh, to anybody listening who may bristle a little bit at not even bristle, but recognize the value and importance of doing exactly what you're saying, but questioning their ability to do it. I would be, can I really ask these hard questions and, and I want them to like me and I want my daughter to like me and won't, won't I push my daughter away if I'm having these questions and his daughter, Natalie seems to be on board with it, but my daughter would run the other direction and yell at me and curse at me. And I can't, I can't play this role. What would you say to anybody, any man, any father who may be feeling some of those thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I think those are all good. I mean, trust me, I've wrestled with those thoughts too. Like I've had the same things like, man, my daughter's going to hate me. But I also think that if your daughter knows your heart and you've been there and you you've shared your heart with her and you're you've been her father, in other words, you spend some time with her, you've got that equity. You've got that you've got that relationship equity built into that. And I would just say, like we're as a man, it's in you. You're you're wired to dominate like that. We're we're dominant creatures at heart. Like mo- like we. You put us in a in, in a circle or in a room with a lion. We're gonna fight it because we like that 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 we either do that or die. So it's wired in us. Like we're gonna we're, we're aggressive creatures. Most of us. I mean, most of us are are type A aggressive people, and that's okay. That's how we're wired. And if you're not wired that way, it doesn't mean that you're not a man. It just means like be that father figure for you. Like if you if you help create that child, or if you're a stepping in as a stepfather situation. Take the spiritual authority if you've got the equity. Now, if your daughter and you are already at odds, then this is obviously be wise. Don't push her away. I would first have a conversation and say, hey, you just share your heart with how much she means to you. Why God's entrusted you to me. You're a gift and you're valuable and you're 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 you're, you're a princess and you got you got a great future. And I want to make sure that I help set you up in, in the right position. So I, I just think. Again, I've been there. I thought of all that. My daughter hated this the first year I brought it to her. I just, but I kept talking about like how important it is. I would preach messages and I would slip things in about dating my daughter, so she knew that 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 I was doing this out of love. And also, then I let everybody in my church know that I had a 16 year old son that you got to come through me if you want her. <laughs> and so maybe that's why she's still single. I don't know, but um, but I I, I think. I, I think I think the hardest thing that we struggle with as men is we 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 allow our wives not don't allow, but we have set back so long that our wives are doing the role of what we should be doing. And that's my heart is for men to to, to be men. And I'm not saying 
walk in old school, read your paper and have your wife serve you food and take your shoes off. I'm not talking about that. I am talking about spiritually being the head of the house, like the decision maker, the voice, like the the person that, that gives the punishment, like you are that authority. And I think if we would step into that and our wives would see us leading in that such a role, man, they're going to have so much more love for us and so much more affection for us when they see us leading strong. Most women want to give that back to the household of the man. Um, but they're forced to take that because the men have taken that second seat back. So, where did some of this come from? What did your dad have these conversations with you? Did you have sisters and see your dad have do any of this with your sisters? Like, where? What was your childhood like? Did you have an active, present father in your life? Yeah, my dad was extremely active uh, in, in my life. Um, we would we would do everything together. I mean, we would. He, I remember fishing trips every Saturday morning. We'd take the boat out early, and we would camp and lay in the back of the truck with a with a with a with a, 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 a tarp stretched across. Like we wouldn't get a tent. We'd lay in the back of the truck. Water would wake us up in the morning, dripping on our face. And my dad would take me hunting. He was my soccer coach. He was my basketball coach. He fished with me. He hunted with me. Um, was my baseball. I mean, anything I did, my dad was present, super present. Uh, never missed a game, uh, was always the breadwinner, was always there, was a, a very firm, um, ve- very firm in authority. Like he wasn't, a, he wasn't mean. Uh, I've probably got whipped maybe three or four times my whole life. He was a big threatener. So we had this big pizza paddle, but he never used it. He would always threaten it. And I always thought he was going to use it. But so my dad was just very, he was very present, uh, but I knew he loved me. But he never had the the, the talk. Now I, I grew up in the '80s, and so even in the '80s, early '90s, uh, the culture has eroded so fast. Sure, sex was prevalent. Sure, people were doing things they probably shouldn't. All that stuff, sexual stuff, was happening everywhere, but not to the level it was now. Like my eight-year-old son is hearing more stuff at his public school as a third grader than I did when I was in ninth grade, and so it has really escalated quick. But my dad never had the conversation with me. Um, I do remember one time, this is very, very blunt, but I remember being the cool thing back in, I was in seventh grade and my friend was giving out condoms. And I was like, man, this is awesome. I'm going to get my, I want to, I want a condom. I'm going to put it in my wallet. And I thought I was cool because I walked around and had the little condom ring on my wallet. I was cool. Like I have a condom. Well, I don't know what to do with it. I never put one on. I don't even know what it's for, but I'm going to carry it. And I was going to a school dance and I set my wallet on the counter and I was putting my shoes on and my dad saw it. What did he do? Yeah. I want to hear. Uh, it, it wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't good. His face was, uh, the deepest red I've ever seen it. He was absolutely irate. Like, I mean, took it out, got scissors and cut it and asked me why I had it and who gave it to me. And I mean, he started grilling me. Um, but that was probably to my level. So in other words, from that moment on, I was fearful. Like I, I, now I operated in fear because my dad was angry, but I also knew that, okay, he, he, it must be something amazing that happens with that because he took it from me and was angry. So what is on the other side of that, that obviously he doesn't want me to have right now, but as a human, as a seventh, seventh grade boy, I want what my dad says I can't have. And so I just think for me, I would rather tell my daughter, Hey, this is the things that can happen. And everything is absolutely amazing. But there, there are consequences for doing it outside of God's will. Um, so my dad never had the conversation uh, with me. My mom never had the conversation with me. I had great parents raised in church, but they just never set me down and said, this is what 
you're, you're, this is what we believe in. This is why you shouldn't do it. This is why you should do it. And I don't think back then very, very few parents probably did it. It wasn't, I would say, as prevalent or obviously it was needed, but I don't think it was as aware. I think now as parents, we're absolutely aware of just what we're dealing with. And I think it's on a whole nother scale. I think now it's a whole nother level. Now you've got sexual confusion, you've got transgender, you've got identity issues. And so these are all layered on now as part of the talk that we've got to have. My wife's mom never, I mean, she may have had a talk with her, but not to the level that we do. Like I was never given an interview. I wouldn't have passed it. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, I, I'm not, I wasn't worthy to date, to, to date my wife right now, but I, I did. I, I love God. I knew how to say the right things, but my heart wasn't right. And so let's maybe as we kind of wind up this conversation, then I think a lot of men are probably in that situation where um, maybe our experience, we, we weren't the perfect young men, yeah. but we also ended up being good fathers, good, you know, good husbands, came to know the Lord. Where is the room for grace? What does happen if your daughter ends up making her own decisions and chooses somebody who who doesn't end up being ideal? You know, where is the room for men to be able to, young men to be able to, to grow into the person God needs to create them to be, even if it doesn't happen by age 16, 17, 18? Yeah. I mean, I, I think if you look at it too, like, Look at King David in the Bible. I mean, the Bible says that David had, he was a man after God's own heart. And he had, he, he messed up numerous times. I mean, he slept with another man's wife and then had her husband killed on the front line. I mean, that, that's one of the, one of the, one of the few, I mean, that, that's just one thing to highlight. And so David made a mistake, but yet God said he's a man after my own heart. And so I think as fathers, not that I'm ready for my, my daughter to make a mistake, but there's there's grace for her and there's grace for her the boyfriend. There, there's grace for the men coming along and there's grace for fathers who haven't had a, the role that they need. Like God's not mad at you. He's not angry at you. This is this might be the podcast that has you take the place of spiritual authority in your in your home. There's been grace for that. And there's grace for you if you don't always get it right. Like I'm a grace preacher. I'm a grace believer. But I, I just I, I, I'm not going to expect my daughter to be something that I wasn't. And so very few people um, get it right all the time. I don't know very many men, very, I don't know if I've ever met, maybe, I mean, I would say less than, maybe less than five men that could tell me they did it right. And they, 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 they honored God the whole way through. Like very few people can say that they only kissed one girl. Very few people can tell me they only held hands with one girl. And especially in today's market, in today's market and culture, very few people can say they slept with one person. And so it's tragic when you when you when you understand like when you have that intimate moment with somebody, like it's creating a sexual soul tie that lasts forever. Like part of you goes into her, and part of her comes like it's forever. You can never get that back. That moment is ingrained forever. And no matter what you do, you'll hear something, see something, and it'll it'll trigger you not because of the moment, because you're connected. And so I don't, I don't know. I just think people, I just think people, sometimes they get on that train. Well, I've already done it. So why, 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 why would I stop now? Let's just continue down that track. No, stop. Like there's grace again. Like, yeah, you probably can never be a virgin again, but you can, you can be pure again. Like you can make the decision today. Like, okay, I'll never get my virginity back, but I can gain purity back. And it may be five years till I, till I date again, or it might be 10 years before I sleep with somebody that's going to be my husband. Like 
you might be 13 years old and you've already given up yourself. Okay, great. That's fine. That, that, that wasn't a great choice, but let's just pray God's grace for you and start today and be pure until you take your, your husband's hand in marriage. And so I, I'm a believer in grace. Like I need God's grace uh, as a pastor, as a, as a, as a husband, and definitely as a father. Um, yeah, grace is something that I think we, we need to, we need to um, probably operate more in. One of the things we said on the last episode was even if the ideal is hard, and like you said, you made me know fewer than five men in your entire life who would would kind of fit that ideal, doesn't mean the ideal shouldn't be be projected and and strived for. Just because something is hard to attain doesn't mean it's not worth trying to attain. Yeah, you don't want. To, I don't think you want to. We we never want to lower the standard. We want to keep the standard high. And our, our job is to attain to meet the standard. But if we get the standard too low, then we're raising mediocre kids with average. Th- no, I want to make sure the standard is attainable. Number one, it's attainable. It's there. I'm not giving you a goal that you can't achieve. It's going to be hard to it. Trust me, it's going to be hard for you to get there and stay that way. But it is it is doable if you have if you follow these principles. But it's not it's not something that you can never get to. Like It's possible. It is possible to save yourself for marriage. It is, it is possible. Is it, is it hard? You better believe it. Like, is it attainable? Yes. Will it be easy? No, like it's possible. And so I think it's, I think it's, I think it's good to have a standard and they got to know that like, Hey, what is our goal? Okay. My goal for you is this, that may not be what your goal for you is, but as a Christian father, pastor, husband, my goal for my, my daughters would be to be a virgin when you're married. Now, what what happens in between that? Like my goal for you to be completely completely pure, like unblemished, not touched. That would be my goal. You 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 go to God and ask Him what you think. What like, according to the Bible, what I see, like no, we want you to be pure. That's a standard. That's the target. That's the bullseye. And this is where we are. You have probably ten years to wait. You're hopefully you're you're never get married. Hope you live me the rest of your life. <laughs> married. Like let's say it's twenty five. You got nine more years. Can we commit for the next nine years to stay pure? I mean, that's why I think the longer you keep them, keep them out of the dating window, the smaller the window of perfection is. And so, again, is that is that wrong thinking? I, I don't I don't I don't think anything good happens at a 12 year old dating. Like, What is a 12 year old? What are they even doing? They can't drive. They 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 they, they don't even know how to tie their shoes. I mean, they do, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're so not young. my 12 year old. I mean, he, no, he gets them tied, but not very tight. I end up having to fix them. Yeah, they have no business dating. Is what I'm saying they have, they have no business being boyfriend or girlfriend at the age of 12. I mean, can you have a crush? Can, can you couple skate? Yeah, if you want a couple skate, I guess if you have skating parties and you want a couple skate, great, but you're not a couple. Like, I don't, I just don't, I think there's an age of maturity that happens. I think at 16, even then your hormones are raging. So that's a dangerous time to date because, you know, something one, one little breeze and something happened like it's it's so fast but i think at 16 you're old enough to make decisions on your own i think 16 you definitely know right from wrong i think 16 is dangerous because because of hor- hormones in a 16 year old male and a 16 year old female it's dangerous but i just think that's the time to have start having those conversations and if i can keep her from having a boyfriend until she's 18 or 19 then i'm winning because now she's really mature now she's she's almost an adult um, and the more that she, and again, I think it was also for her, my daughter, I'm not, when I travel and preach or I go to conferences and I'm taking her with me because I want her to see other pastors, kids. Like I want her to see my, my friend's pastor who has a son who's 16. I want you to meet that kid. Cause if I can get you to date long distance, 
there's no temptation, right? Because now they they're only seeing each other three or two or three times a year. But I know the I know the I know the dad. I know that I know I know his church. I know his heart. I know the son. And so I'm always trying to introduce her into atmospheres where she sees pastors' wives and uh, other couples that are doing it the right way. And then not not trying to control, like I'm not trying to arrange her marriage, but I am trying to put her in the right environment that she can see what she should desire as a man without me having to say that. Well, I love this. I've been certainly encouraged and blessed by the conversation, have lots of ideas swirling around in my own head. Uh, and, and one of the things you said early on that I really like and am taking away from this is the active role that you will eventually want to play in the life of the young man who is now dating your daughter. Because so often, you know, just what what a really cool thing to to essentially pastor him and help raise him up and help him continue to grow into knowing Jesus better and, and becoming the man who will be a great husband ultimately for your daughter. And so, uh, yeah, I think too many men just kind of let, let the dating thing happen once they're together. Okay, maybe I vetted this guy, asked him a few questions, and now they're just sort of dating. No, like you said, bring him in, bring him into your family to a certain extent and and play an active role. Any final thoughts as we sort of wrap this up as, as you know the audience and you're thinking about fathers trying to step into that authority role in the lives of their kids, sons included, when it comes to dating? Yeah, I, I would just I, I would I would just say I would say step into that. And so what wherever wherever you find yourself at today, like take a step into to fatherhood. And so don't go from zero to 60 and think your daughter, like you have to, if you haven't done any of these, I would just, I would just gradually start introducing some of this stuff in. And, um, I would say, Hey, I'm going to ask your boyfriend 25 questions for you. If he can continue. No, then your daughter's not going to, it's not going to go good. But I would just say, I would say number one, God wants you to be the spiritual head of your household. And I think, I think number two, like your daughter needs you to be that authority for her in this season of her life. Now, when she's old enough to make her decisions, that's fine to let her go. But I just think that's our God-given call. Uh, I go back to that Nehemiah. I think every dad spiritually, get a sword in your hand, guard the front door, make sure the back door's locked, make sure every window's locked tight. You may get, you have to make sure, like you gotta, you gotta make sure her phone's tight. Like, hey, who's messaging my daughter? Who's up in her DMs? Who's commenting on her TikTok? Who's commenting on her Instagram photo? What photos am I allowing her to post? She should not be posting anything that shows her stomach. She should not be posting anything that her in a bikini. Like that's not, those are not things that we show the whole world. Like we don't need some guy in somebody's basement. Like we don't need that. And so I think little things like that, like taking that authority, uh, again, not dictator, not control. It's called authority and it's God given. And so you also have to earn that with, with, with your, with your children as well. But I just think growing up, some of my fondest memories was was with my now father-in-law, like dating my daughter and going and playing golf together. We still play golf. We're actually playing golf this coming Monday together. So it's kind of when you know that you're gaining, for him, he's gaining another son and I'm gaining a second, like a father-in-law. It's just kind of a cool thing. It is. And so I think it's the beautiful thing about God. Again, God's plan is for the families to expand and and to grow and to be healthy. In a healthy way, just like you said. In a healthy way. So 
Well, I appreciate that. Thank you for sharing your time, for your heart, opening up sort of your family and what you, you guys are doing with our audience. I have been blessed and I understand you're going to be coming back to Knoxville at some point in the near future. So I'll look forward to connecting with you in person. But for now, again, thank you for your time this morning. For everybody else, I pray that you guys are blessed. As always, give us those five-star reviews. Appreciate you guys following the, follow, uh, the Faithful Fatherhood podcast. And we will talk with you again next time. Take care, everyone. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to be